Welcome to 91.8 Hayes FM. This is the Way She Radio Show, hosted by myself, Nicola Chan. This show is live on air, live on Facebook, and each week I upload the show to a podcast so that you can listen again and not miss any of the juicy action. If you can't stay today between 1 and 3, please catch us on iTunes and SoundCloud at Waishi Radio, W-A-I-S-H-E-E. So my guest today, I'm very excited, is here. She is top UK dance fitness presenter, group exercise expert and body positive activist. She specialises in helping women feel good about their figures, regardless of shape or size, through fun and feisty dance concepts. <laughs> this is Zoe McNulty. She is also the headmistress of the School of Strut. Welcome. Thank you, Nicola. I'm taking <laughs> I thought you deserved a nice <laughs> intro. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Oh, good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm just thinking I can't hear myself through here, so I might have to do some adjusting. But Adjust away. Away with Zoe. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit and oh, tell us how you got here? pretty much said it all. Um, uh, there yes. we go. Oh, oh that, ooh, suddenly I sound really sexy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, my, my patter at the start of a session, at the start of a class, is... Uh, Good afternoon or good morning, whatever. My name is Zoe and I'm the headmistress of the School of Strut and I firmly believe that every woman has the right to feel good about themselves regardless of shape or size. And then I usually say, can I get a yes, miss? Yes, miss. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and I do, I do sassy dance classes that help, uh, that help women, not essentially, not, not exclusively, um, feel good about themselves, feel good in their skin. Um, and I've been doing it for about 13, 14 years now. So why do you do that? Okay, so I, <coughs> excuse me, some of that um, thing I was eating in the car has just gone down my throat. Um, yeah, a while ago, well not a while ago, about 14 years ago, um, a gym chain that I was working for said to me, can you do, thank you, can you do um, a class in heels? Because we've seen something in the States and it looks kind of cool. And I looked at the, I looked at what they were doing in the States, but they were doing like lunges with high heels on and barbells. Oh, wow. And, and they would finish off the class with a can-can, which just made no sense to me at all. And I thought, okay, well, I'm a dancer. If we're talking at, the, at that time, functional training was a big thing. So I thought, functional training, women want to go out, they want to go out dancing. Um, and so after the first class, it was actually halfway through the first class that I um, put on at that gym, I, I noticed the difference in, in the women's posture, in their demeanour, in their energy. And I thought, there's definitely something in this. Um, and it was literally at that moment that I thought, Do you know what? We actually, we're busting our butts, uh, trying to change the way that we look in order to then feel good enough, in order to then go go out and live life. And actually, it can be it can be done in like forty five minutes in one class. I saw the way that they came in, all timid, holding the high heels in the hand, going, "Oh, we're in the right place." And then by the end of it, they were like. Sasha Fierce had just been unleashed. So I thought, right, there's, there's, I need to kind of, I need to go with this. This, this is important. Um, and that was before I knew about body positivity. Um, do you remember you came to me and you said, have you seen this thing, the body image movement? I was like, I literally invented it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was all my idea. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, and then, you know, then my eyes sort of were opened to this whole world of women who were sick of diet culture and um, were beginning to live their life in a different way that didn't involve counting calories. Um, it didn't involve having to, you know, work hard and feel the burn in a, in, a, um, in a fitness class in order to then feel worthy and then in order to think that you're allowed to eat what you want. Like, it, it, my eyes were opened. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't always how you felt, as you said, your eyes opened. So yeah. when your eyes were closed and you've been in the fitness industry a long time, can you tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got into the fitness industry and then how it led to opening your eyes into body positivity? Oh, yeah. Um, I think actually probably quite like a few other fitness instructors I actually went into it. I decided to train up um oh. hey oh. <laughs> I thought I'm that boring being cut off already <laughs> so um years and years and years and years ago probably about 20 years ago uh I was a student and I'd been going to the gym I was also dancing in nightclubs um and you know, wanted to be slim for the podium um, and also to get the boys. And um, and I actually couldn't afford my gym fees, uh, so I offered my services as anything. I'll clean the toilets, whatever. Um, I just, I've got to go to the gym, otherwise, you know, I don't know what will happen. And um, and they they not only gave me a job in the gym they also trained me up they sent me on the exercise to music course and that's where I thought aha this is interesting this is this is possibly where I should be um my background in dance and performance combined with knowledge of fitness that I was starting to gain um and I just really loved having people at the front of the class or people looking at me standing at the front of the class telling them what to do I enjoyed that so um, that's how I kind of got first in, you know, and, and really, if I'm honest, I went into the fitness industry in order to manage my weight. And I, I'd always sort of fluctuated my weight. It's always gone up and down. Uh, and, you know, as a child in the dance world, I was bigger than the other kids. Um, so that was always in my mind. I must all, I'm, I'm big. I need to be smaller. I must do something about it. My body's a problem, etc. So um, yeah, that's where I that's where I was at the start of my career. And so you had that from presumably the dance industry. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we compare as little girls. We look at the other girls and we think, oh, that's I don't look like that. Oh, I'm not being chosen for that because I. Why is that? Probably because of the way that I'm slightly different from the others. Um, And then, you know, we look back at photos and there wasn't really very much difference, but it just sticks, doesn't it? These things stick at such an important time. And I guess also subconsciously, without even realising, we're we're listening to messages on the telly, on the radio, on magazines, and and our parents and our friends at school. So we're just taking on those cultural messages of what somebody should look like. Yeah. And it changes with the times, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, And, you know, I I learned how to count calories at an early age. Um, It's just, it it was so, I mean, it still is, but just the very fabric of our uh society you know just to, to learn about 
counting calories to all these stupid things about um, low fat diets, low carb diets, you know, just it all seems so the one that I'm waiting for now. next is the body positive diet that will probably be out soon. Oh, <laughs> and I'm definitely going to talk to you me. about that later as well. <laughs> so, so that was your background and how you, um, from dance and how that made you feel about your body and then you got into the fitness industry. Did you feel like in the fitness industry there was this pressure as well to look a certain way? So, yes, but not so much. So I actually avoided the um, commercial dance scene. Like growing up, growing up, my dream job was to be a dancer on top of the pops. Um, and then some of my close friends actually went on to be dancers on top of the pops. And I never put myself forwards for that. I didn't want to be told you're too big. You need to lose weight. Um, you know, I'd, I'd had a lot of that growing up. And, uh, and I just, I, so many of my dancer friends were not very well. They had anorexia and I didn't, I just didn't want to be put in that position because I knew I'd tried so many times to lose weight and failed so many times. So I, I knew it would just be a repeat of that. So falling into the fitness industry, it gave me a, it gave me a little bit of leeway. It was not quite so, it was a lot more forgiving than the dance world. So, um, and I think that that is still, that is still the case. Uh, although with the introduction of Instagram, like that, that's changed the dynamic again back back to everything being fitness being all about aesthetics rather mm -hmm. than actual internal yeah, fitness. when you when you market fitness if you look at a fitness magazine there's there's one look on the front cover yeah i mean even that used to be different back in the day like in the 80s 90s and now it is seen like muscular and lean mm. but it always is lean mm. lean yeah that's it strong as the new skinny mm -hmm. etc and the and the title of the magazine will be something health so that we associate that picture exactly. with health and then we think because there's also a lot of health shaming isn't there that if you're not healthy that you're a bad person you're mm. not eating right you're not exercising all of these that's things that's it the old good fatty bad fatty dichotomy yeah um so then you're awakening right well <laughs> yeah well it was kind of gradual and it did start off it really did start off with um that first um heels class which i'm still teaching and now we call it strutology um but at the time, I was still living in the fitness world and I still hadn't quite fully got my head around the fact that you can actually live externally of diet culture and you can say no to being on a diet. Like that was, that's mind blowing. The first, um, the first thing that I read that, that made me think, oh, crikey there is a whole new there's a whole new world out there was body of truth by harriet brown mm -hmm. um and she sort of touched on health at every size in that and then i looked deeper into health at every size read that book and it just my literally like the scales fell from my eyes um and i realized how much we'd been lied to uh, and the propaganda that was out there, and I, I didn't, I didn't realise. So that made me angry then. Mm, I went through an anger stage as well. Mm, yeah, and now I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk to you more about that, about the journey and this anger stage, and then how you came out the other side as, as who you are now. But we have a break. So if you've just joined us, welcome. We're talking all things body positivity, and we just got to the part in Zoe's story where she became awake 
and she realized that she was actually, I remember I, I had this conversation with you actually, and you were like, I actually already do that. Like I teach women confidence and I teach them how to feel good about their bodies, but you weren't necessarily in the right mindset and understood, like educated yourself and all mm. the research out there about health at every size and you know, with having comebacks to people and what they think about you if you feel good in your body. It's not the norm, especially mm. not in the fitness industry. Mm. So let's talk about the body image movement because we both stumbled across that. Yeah. Um, and then became ambassadors. And there's a whole group of us in the UK and globally as well mm -hmm. um, promoting this body positive message. How did you find that? And um, well, like I said before, I found that through you. You said, do you know about this? And I honestly thought, no, this body image thing. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure I started it. Um, and then it turned out that this lovely lady, um, Taryn Brumfit, had um, posted on her social media uh, a before and after photo, which was the opposite way to what you'd normally expect. She had, um, she had done a bodybuilding competition um, and then actually she realised that with the um, with her young daughter looking at her um, having lost all this weight and being concerned about her body shape uh, she actually didn't want to give that message anymore so she just she stopped that sort of thing she stopped the dieting um, she decided to love her body and um, and the the before and after shot went absolutely viral and um, so from that, from that momentum, she was all over the news and, you know, she decided to do something with it. So she set up um, the body image movement and... Uh, and she created the documentary, And the documentary, yeah, that's it. So we became ambassadors so that we could promote this documentary. Yeah. And I um, held a hosting at Uxbridge, our local Odeon cinema. Yeah, and I was at Streatham and had a little speech to everybody to tell them that it was part of my journey, this is who I am, and I, I want you to watch this video because hopefully some of you will feel a bit more happy about your bodies as well. Because mm. it's also a really good documentary to show you that you're not alone, Yeah. and there's people all around the world, all different cultures, not liking their bodies, mm. and it shows you how the media has changed the way that we feel about ourselves over time. As we were saying, there, there is an ideal body for a certain decade mm. and then it could change the next decade and you are your genetic makeup you have your own set point everybody's different and we can't all fit this ideal that actually society is placing on us mm. exactly yeah it was an eye-opener as well i remember that night was um yeah there were quite a lot of tears people were blubbing uh and how they were relating mm -hmm. as well um there was the the story of the lady with anorexia uh, yeah. people got really emotional about about that um but even it wasn't even just about size was it there's the lady with the beard yeah um like Time disabilities power. like there's loads of different things um and it's just like at that is what body acceptance is mm. but i think for the majority of people especially in our industry it starts with your size or your shape yeah exactly um, and going from training because you hate your body to mm. try to change it to training because you love your body yes. and it is a journey like you said Taryn decided so it starts with that decision but then the, decision. the journey starts yeah you don't feel like that every day mm. and actually what's interesting is we went to um an event recently what was it called uh the one where I saw you last and Tess Baker was there Jess Baker Tess Baker oh yeah oh yeah Tess oh, what was it called or Jess Jess it's Jess Baker Jess um the Baker 
and it was called The World is Burning, So Let's Do a Show. And it was hosted <laughs> by Sophie Hagen and uh, it featured Body Posse Panda yeah. and The Vajaggle and um, a whole load of other amazing performances. Mm. Yeah. But I just remember um, Jess when she was on stage talking about that she didn't love her body like mm. a moment in her time after body positivity she's promoting this message she's got books she's got all these things and then she was still at home looking in the mirror i hate myself mm. and it was really nice to to see that because i think sometimes people see people on the journey and think well you love yourself now so you're fixed you're you know you've made it yeah, exactly. and help me along the way but it's never plain sailing and the, the noise and i always got this the noise um, of the media and um, our environment mm. is always going to go on. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes once you have made it as such, well, you I still have to... I think it's like, I think I do think the way that you, the way that you think and the way that you're, you're programmed, so you have to reprogram your mind, but that in itself is like, a, it's like yoga and it's, it's a practice, you know, mm -hmm. it's so, and if you don't do yoga for a little while, your body stiffens up again and you get weak so it's con it's something that you need to keep doing uh, and it's all about how you think and then what you do with the thoughts you might wake up in the morning and get a thought oh i don't like my belly oh no my bum looks big today usually it's not your bum looks big bigger today than it is yesterday it's something else but then what do you do with that thought afterwards you know are you gonna are you going to pander to it and are you going to feed that nasty rabid dog or are you going to say no I'm not feeding you today I'm going to decide today to love my body and even if that at the time feels like it's a lie I'm, I really am a true believer in fake it fake it until you make it because yeah, me too. the more <laughs> that's it the more that you do something the more it becomes your reality mm -hmm. you know and at the same time, you have fluctuations, don't you? Your body will mm. change as well. So mm. you might accept your body, yep. and then it changes. And then you've got to do the whole thing again. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and then it can keep changing. And obviously, that's life. You know, we that have babies, we age, you get illnesses, We're you get injuries. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I mean, especially talking about women, you know, we have our hormones. Mm. And so on a month-to-month -month basis, you could have that, that day. And I always have a body image day every month right. and I'm very aware of it now so I know that these are my red flags you know if I start thinking about the calories I'm eating or if I start thinking I want to weigh myself like th they're still going to come up because the old neuro pathways are still there yeah. I've just created new ones and I'm just going over and over and over those yeah, to try yeah, and yeah. S solidify them yeah and it's making sure that I don't fall back into an old pattern yeah I had to or forgive myself recently. if I do I had to I had to go whoa recently my brother's getting married in um, June and and I'm having to do a reading at the wedding and a big family event where I'm my automatic from back in the day, my thoughts are, oh, right, got to lose some weight now. And, you know, that popped up in my head and I thought, no, no, I just have to find something that I can wear that I will feel really confident mm. in. Because at the same time with weddings, it's a society base, isn't it, that you will want to lose weight, yes. especially if it's your own wedding. Yeah. I remember when I tried on my wedding dress in the shop and they said, well, we'll take it in a couple of weeks before because you'll obviously, because obviously lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time I was already dieting, I was a size eight anyway. Oh I couldn't gosh. get much smaller. <laughs> That's messed up. It was just assumed that you change your body to fit the dress, yeah. not they'll change the dress to fit your body. That's insane, isn't it? Listen to mm. that. That's crazy. 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 So, if you have any thoughts on that, get them in. It's time for the local news. We're still here till three o'clock, so let's talk body positivity and we'll be right back. Yay!
<laughs> Facebook Live going on. So please check us out on Hayes FM <laughs> Facebook Live. Um, you can put your comments in there as well and we'll answer them throughout the show. So let's talk about diets. Obviously, it's February at the moment um, and January is a very big diet culture month. And also, it's Valentine's night on Friday, isn't it? Yeah, so Valentine's. people will be panicking about getting into their underwear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buy some that fits. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Buy some that fits. Simple. Um, so let's talk about diets, Zoe. Yes, let's. And how diets don't work. Obviously, we're only giving our opinions. Um, there is lots of information out there, so please do educate yourself and then choose something that is right for you. Well, I think it's, it's not necessarily our, just our opinion that diets don't work. It's been proven time and time again that there's only 3% of people mm. who do attempt weight loss um that actually keep it off long term uh and there are no studies done that go beyond five years so on the whole we can pretty much say that everyone who tries to lose weight gains it again mm -hmm. and many even put it back on even more so on top yeah. and you mentioned health at every size earlier mm. can you talk to us a little bit about what that means and and the research that was in that book Oh, you might have to help me out with some of that research because I know you're good at facts and figures. Um, yeah, so health at every size. Oh, look at that. Look at all your posts. I know, I've done a lot of research. On. This is like a year <laughs> of work. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, so health at every size. And people do like to misinterpret it as a saying that every size is healthy. <laughs> and what it really means is that you can work towards getting healthier at any size and it can be completely independent from weight loss um so just introducing healthful activities like gentle exercise um making um choice better choices food choices um on a whole uh, not worrying too much although that's getting into a lot of intuitive eating um but yeah so health at every size is uh, a weight neutral way of living life mm -hmm. really but also it does show you in the research that it's actually healthier for you like the healthful behaviors that you do yes. are the things that make you a healthy person yes um however your body ends up mm. at the end of it mm. so um yeah and it actually also dieting about, yeah, like the yo-yo dieting actually makes you the the least healthy yes because of the stress that it puts mm. on your body uh and it puts on your heart so yeah just the best thing that you could possibly do for your body right now is to just stop dieting. Um, there'd be a period of time though where you might put on some weight. Mm -hmm. And in fact, actually, at the end of the day, you might be living beneath your set point right now, which is going to make you unhealthy. Or it's gonna, you're, you could certainly be healthier if you were at your... Mm. Should we talk about what yeah. set point is for people who are listening Tell and don't really understand? <laughs> Tell so em. your set point is like your um, thermostat. So say, for example, we're in this room right now, it's quite warm. If it was to get hotter, it would naturally change to be a little bit lower. There is a set point thermostat within our bodies, and that is our weight ranges. And that is genetic. It's not, you can't mm. change it. Um, although it can go up. It does change. Yeah, it you does can't, change. You the can't make it you, go down. The more that you yo-yo diet, mm. the more you swing up and swing down and swing up and swing down, 
that's what's going to push mm. your set point way But it up. makes sense because our bodies like have evolved to help us to survive. So actually, if our set point moves up, it's only because we've given it that fight beforehand. We've starved ourselves. And it's like, well, do you know what? If you're going to do that again, I better store some extra fat mm. just in case you're starving. And mm. then we've got something to burn for energy. So yeah. every time you do the diet, yo-yo up and down, up and down, your set point goes, okay, I'm going to store a bit higher. I'm going to yeah. store a bit higher. Mm. I'm going to store a bit higher. And I have heard people say, even though they listen to me say this, that, well, I just want to be slim in the now. Mm. You know, not think about the future. Yeah. But it's like, you know, when you look back at pictures and think, well, I was fine as I was. Yeah, exactly. And now if you think about it, if you don't like yourself now, well, you're going to keep changing if you keep dieting. Mm. Yeah. And who's to say that the slim body is the ideal body? Exactly. Again, it goes back to society, doesn't it? And, and the messages that we're told that you're not good enough. Mm. Yes. Mm. So More people should know about set point. Yeah. Because so, so it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes a lot of sense. And because people can anecdotally understand, oh, yeah, that's happened to my body. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was me. I thought it was my fault. Yeah, that that's I the big one, isn't the it? the weight long term. The and big it, penny drop. That yeah. I did, like you mentioned in the beginning, I failed. Mm. You know, but you didn't fail because the diets fail. And that's something that they don't tell you. Because yeah. obviously it makes money, doesn't it, to keep people dieting? Yeah, exactly. It's probably the best business model mm. in the world. And if they worked, I mean, we're just about to go for a break now, but last note on that one if they worked then everyone would do one diet get slim and then live happily ever after that's it exactly <laughs> let's take a break we'll be right back after this we were talking about health at every size this book if you've just joined us welcome this is a book that changes your life it changed my life it changed mm -hmm. zoe's life um, and it is a new way of, of thinking a new perspective on dieting and our bodies um, and we were just talking about the, the lady who actually wrote this book linda bacon she's changed her name to lindo um she her pronouns are she her um but she felt like she'd never really lived up to the linda um the a on the end of a name uh represents feminine and uh prettiness and she was always told oh you're so pretty and she felt that she never really lived up to that and so she um has changed her name to linda good for her That's, yeah little little fun fact for you there I feel like now is a good day and age for people to be their true self. Not that you ever shouldn't have, but it was a lot more difficult to do that. Yeah, exactly. Times have changed. Yay, Philip Schofield. Yay, Philip Schofield. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing this. It's actually um, LGBTQ month, history month. So it's all about awareness and all of the stigmas surrounding that. that as well. Talking of stigmas, mm. body positive stigma let's yes. talk about that how people can so say promoting you're obesity. promoting obesity you're being unhealthy how can you eat that mm. um what's been your experience well, of being quite public on social media about body positivity yes the way that you eat the way you move and people's views and opinions so i personally i think because um you know i've been on facebook for however long it's been open for like 11 12 years and the people who are my friends um they they followed my journey those people who didn't agree with it don't agree with it they've generally just removed themselves and so i actually don't get that much um backlash um i hear things that people have said about me and my work uh, and that's cool what else um but i'm i'm generally really um lucky that i don't i don't get attacked i hardly ever get trolled which is great but i am aware that many of my 
Bopo, um, you know, peers, they have a terrible time with uh, online trolls, online bullying, and being accused of, of um, promoting obesity. But the the thing with that is that if they've they've decided that they're right and that you're wrong, and there's no amount of convincing them, nothing that we will say to reframe what our message is is going to convince them that um that our opinions are valid so um yeah it's a tough one but basically just keep speaking the truth your truth the the truth um and uh and those those people who were ready to hear it will hear it and those that aren't won't and they'll kick against it as mm-hmm. as long as they can but um, I remember having a conversation with you and you said about maybe leaving the fitness industry because you felt so much pressure about this topic. And I yeah. said to you, we must stand in the flames because if <laughs> we don't, then who will? Yeah, you said. Because who's going to speak the truth if you don't? I said, <laughs> okay, then I'll stay. Because it is tough being in the fitness industry and promoting a message that people think is unhealthy. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I've actually stopped. I did, uh, uh, you know, I was... I used to say no no it's not it's not about promoting being unhealthy it's literally the opposite it's about not going to extremes it's about looking after yourself um and then I actually I just I don't really I don't I just carry on I don't really I don't fight against it anymore like they're gonna that's what they think they're not listening that's fine do you think that is easier in a way because what you do is dance yes compared to other possibly yeah it's easier for for me to get that message out because um like i know you struggle with your message because Mm -hmm. you're a pt so therefore you're working with people's bodies to gain strength gain range of motion etc but and and in doing so that might change body shapes and so people are still going to link changing body shape with losing weight and getting healthier which isn't necessarily always the mm-hmm. case when you're losing weight um but with dance it's you know it's it's just literally it's about the movement it's a, it's a spiritual thing it's uh uh it's spiritually nourishing it's it's not just about the movement it's artistic it's creative there's so much more to it than a few squats and lunges i'm not saying that's all mm-hmm. you do well you know how I feel about dance as well and and I actually really enjoy it and I feel that it it was quite hard for me to go from fitness fitness to to try any form Mm. of dance I felt that my body's really stiff and rigid and I don't move that way and I felt like I'm not so good at it basically (laughs) and then do your listeners know about your hobby my hobby (laughs) what's my hobby (laughs) my little ass yeah, oh, they, they do. They do, but it's not even that's not even really dance for me. That's just movement. Mm. That's creative. Mm. And when I did burlesque, I had a story to tell, and I told it through movement. And people watched it and said, "Oh, I didn't know you did contemporary dance." And I was like, "What?" And then I started watching videos. Right. And I'm like, oh, I see. There you go. It's it quite mo- similar yeah. to contemporary, although I didn't dance have that. Dance is just movement. And then I actually went and did a contemporary dance day course, which was amazing. It's the hardest thing I ever did. We were right. throwing ourselves all over the floor. Yeah. And just like if you think about every single emotion that you could feel yeah. as a person, 
moving your body to that emotion. Amazing. We literally did that. So it was oh, an amazing great. way of expressing. And I actually quite like that form of dance. Mm. But I love coming to your dance classes. And I love the way that you, you say, like, in the, uh, unleash your inner diva. Mm. So like we all have this person in us. And quite often it's suppressed, mm. like through society. You shouldn't really be loud. You shouldn't be confident. Yeah, you shouldn't big yourself up or it's too egoic. Or you should, all you of shouldn't these be things. sexy. You're not yeah, allowed to be sexy. Say, your mum, your <laughs> grandma, you're not allowed to mm. be sexy. People that actually, they just need permission. Mm. They just but also need... when you're told your body is wrong, mm. you don't feel confident in your body. So actually what you do is amazing that you're able to bring that out in people mm. and they can express themselves and feel good and it's not actually about all the other people no whereas in a lot of fitness classes they might be looking at everyone else in that everyone's there for themselves mm. just to feel good and express and also what's lovely about school of strut i don't know how i've done it but it just seems to be that every single woman who comes along again i keep saying women it's not only women but that that is the core of my business and uh they're all so supportive like Within, within the people who have just come along on their own, so many groups have formed, so many long-lasting friendships have formed, and everyone always says, what a fantastic group of people come together for, for the School of Strut. I think that's what you need. You need um, cheerleaders. And it, it, within the class as well, we have the Strut-Off, where people might feel a little bit exposed, mm. and in groups they do a strut down with the room, a few poses and everyone else cheers and it's a real it's a it's a special moment you know, it's so simple but um just that that moment of everyone being in it together having their moment in the limelight and everyone else cheering it's beautiful mm, it is a little bit like Gok Wan's How to Look Good Naked which I know you've been on as well as the well I have and I literally had an email this morning about the new series as well <laughs> can't say anything just yet but just quickly on that I was going to say that uh, on that program, if you're not familiar with it, it was um, basically women of all shapes and sizes um, finding clothes that suit their bodies. So it was more about fashion, but at the very end, it was about having no clothes on. So mm. at the end of the show, they would take them off and they would do some kind of um, something on stage, like yeah, a catwalk. Like a fo- yeah, or a, or a yeah, photo so shoot. I imagine window, that. Shop window. Yeah. The liberation that you would feel in that and the because from getting uncomfortable. You always have to get uncomfortable, don't yeah, you, to, to break through these things. That's how you feel in your class mm-hmm. when you do the, the strut off. Yeah. Out of your comfort zone is where the magic happens. Yeah, so how did you get involved in How to Look Good Naked? Um, that was that was quite fluky, actually. Um, my brother's ex-girlfriend worked on the show, and she said, this is perfect for what we're doing. Can you come along and do it? Um, it was that... <laughs> so it wasn't even was about lucky. body positivity then, was it? No. Body positivity wasn't even a thing then. I think he was touching on it, but also, um, it was it wasn't true body positivity because they were still finding ways of changing the perception of your body. So they would have a long scarf to elongate the torso and maybe some spanks to pull in at the waist. Mm. You know, they were finding ways with using fashion that they would then make them look slimmer, taller, you know, curvier, whatever. Um, and then when they did the, the photo shoot or the fashion show, they would, they'd angle the body, they'd get the angles, you know, the angles, sweetie, yeah. um, to accentuate parts and minimise other parts. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if that changed at all during this season or if it's still 
like that. It's interesting um, when you talk about fashion and the way that it changes your body shape. How do you feel about that then in terms of like even wearing makeup and changing the way that you appear? Yeah. Um, I wear makeup and... Um, Oh, that's a, that's yeah, a I tough that because one. people have said it to me as well. Oh, you're body positive now, and you're sending this message out. So how do you feel about that? Why are you wearing makeup? Why are you wearing makeup every day? <laughs> Mainly because when I go to class without it, people go, "You're right. <laughs> are you ill today? <laughs> you look a bit tired." And I'm like, "It's my face. It's it just my, my face." face. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you know I've always worn makeup, and I do a lot of work on stage, and so you know, accentuating your features your eyes I'm sure at some point later in life when I'm you know busy and tired I'm gonna just go oh sod this but you know I like I like makeup for me I think it's it's about how you feel and how you express yeah like if you wear certain colors today or your nail varnish Mm. it's because that's how you're expressing today Mm. Um, and then if you feel good in yourself I think the difference with that and changing your body is we think we can change our body. And when we know that we can't, when we learn about set point and health at every size, mm. we give up the fight yeah. because we don't need to be at war with ourselves anymore. The same, true. and it actually mentions this yeah. in health at every size with our height. We might not like our height, but we learn to accept it because we know we can't change it. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing with bodies. We think we can change them. And so the war continues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, in putting makeup on, like part of getting ready for me is... Um, it, that's part of me taking care of myself uh, as opposed to not bothering. Do you know what I mean? Like taking care of myself and taking care of how I present myself to the world. Yeah. It shows that I value me. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting on makeup because I don't like, I don't like the colour of my lips. Normally I'm going to put some red <laughs> on. You no, know, it's, it's just because I've just, I've looked after myself a little bit and I've, and I've come to see you and you're my friend and I want to present myself nicely to you. <laughs> so let's talk about self-care actually. And with Valentine's Day coming up, mm-hmm. um, self-care for me is part of self-love Yep. and self-acceptance. So I believe that if you accept and love yourself, that's when you start doing things that are self-care. Yeah, 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 exactly. What do you think about self-care? Well, yeah, right. I, I love a bit of self-care. Um, I love self-acceptance. I love self-care. Uh, I always struggled with the phrase self-love because I always felt that was a little bit self-indulgent. Like, I love me, who do you love? Um, But in sort of finding out more about looking after yourself and looking after your body, it does show that, you you know, you do have to appreciate, self-appreciation, maybe Mm. that's a better word. I Um, guess for me, self-love came in because I definitely had self-hate. Yes. So I had to flip it over ah. and think, well, how can I love myself? Like, I'm training because I hate myself. I want to change myself. How can I change? I want to still gym, mm. um, but how am I gymming now? And mm. I, I did have a period of that, actually, of how will I gym? What's my goal? What's my? Why am I even here? Yeah. And there was one day where I was doing some rows on the machine (laughs) and I just burst into tears and thought I can't do this anymore and I just left but it was part of the transition Mm. and then I had to start thinking now I'm I'm training for sports specific I like Olympic lifting so I want to do stuff that provides um, strength Mm. and um, mobility and whatever for that sport I enjoy it and that makes me feel good mentally and I choose that sport in particular because for me it's just about me Mm. 
um, I'll just go in and I work to my personal best mm. um, or a percentage of that. And it's all about me. It's not like um, not competing other exercises yeah. without naming them that <laughs> are about other people. And, you know, you put your name on the wall and look how many they did. I want to be like them. Yeah. Like, it's, it is good, obviously, to have someone it's to, to have a role model. But yeah. then if that becomes like an unhealthy obsession, then that's that's the danger, mm. which I know that you did have at, that, at one point yeah. an unhealthy obsession with. Yeah, so I look after my mindset and yeah. I know that I'm the type of person to get obsessed about something. Mm. Therefore, I mean, for other people, it's fine. They can do that and they can do it in a nice balanced way and live life normally. Mm. <laughs> for me, it was all or nothing. Yeah. Which actually is the type of character to, to go down the line of body image and eating disorders and everything because it's all or nothing. Mm. I'll eat all the food or I'll have no food. Right, yes. How do I find the balance in the middle? Because actually we have to eat. It's yeah. not. And I remember thinking this is the hardest addiction. It's not like drugs. I don't need them. You know, somebody help me get off them. It's food. Yeah. You have to have it's it to just, live. That's it. So how You've am I going to find, find right balance ones. and be able to eat food in a healthy way and not be all or nothing? And just um, we've got like three minutes before the break, so we can talk a little bit about that. But um, one of the biggest things that helped me was to not see food as good and bad. Mm. You know, yeah. guilt and shame over certain foods, oh. and then oh, I'm a good person. The if amount I had of that. times that I find myself saying. Oh, it's just food. It's not good. It's not naughty. It's just mm. food. It's marketed as naughty, isn't it? Mm. This is sinful dessert. Mm. <laughs> mm. But it's guilt-free sinful <laughs> dessert. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, that I think. I think the the brainwashing of that has been so strong since before we were born that it's very difficult for someone to just get their head around. The fact that chocolate is no more naughty than an apple. It's just food. And it, you know, and every, every item of food has some nutritional value. And I don't mm. mean, I don't mean vitamins and minerals. I mean, it's going to give you energy. And if, if what you need right now is energy, and if that's all you've got to hand, have the chocolate. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's normal. The thing that you shouldn't be doing is beating yourself up about it afterwards. Yeah. It's just not because that in itself, that stress and that frustration is what's going to do more damage to your body than the chocolate. There's so much to it, isn't there? The the emotions around food. And we, we don't just eat when we're hungry. We eat through emotions. It's normal. Very we normal. We eat through um, socialising. Yeah. It's your birthday. You have birthday cake. If you're normal. eating from a plan like black and white, I am not hungry, I cannot eat. Therefore, it's my birthday and I'm getting birthday cake, but I can't eat it because I'm not hungry because that breaks the rules. Ah, (laughs) That's it. It's the rules. It's the rules. Step Mm. away from rules. Anytime you find yourself adhering to rules or breaking Mm. rules, you're on a diet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's quite liberating, actually, and that feels... I remember the feeling, it's like a weight off my shoulders, like, remove the rules. Diets are out because even timings like who says you have to eat a certain food at breakfast? If I want to eat a roast dinner for breakfast, (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) It's it's not normal, but it's okay. (laughs) It's normal in my house. Normal. (laughs) So we're talking about um, professional. (laughs) We're talking about food there just before the break about people feeling guilty if they eat a food that they consider to be bad. Mm. um, Feeling like oh I've done so good today. You know, I ate salad all day or whatever, food that we consider to be good. Yeah. I've done so good, so I'm going to go and eat a McDonald's. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Bless you, do you hand? (laughs) 
I'll just have one ear. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a DJ, like an actual DJ. Yeah, mix it. Now we're back. You can see me struggling with my headphones. There. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it it went the other way around. Flip, not a twist. Yeah. Sorry. Carry on. As um, you were. Can you talk about your your journey? Obviously, we spoke about how you went from in the fitness industry at the beginning and feeling a certain way about your body into embracing yourself and being um, body positive. How did all of that journey work with food? Like how did you used to eat and how did you change to yeah, so having more like relaxed eating now? I sort of traced back my more relaxed eating um, back to actually almost 10 years ago exactly. Um, and that was, unfortunately, I wish it was, I wish it was different. I wish it was less patriarchal, but a boy that I was with thought that I was just the most amazing thing in the world ever. Um, and I'm sure there are many boys out there who think I'm the most amazing thing in the world ever, (laughs) but this particular one, um, I thought he was amazing too. And, um, the way that he looked at me, just, I understood that I I understood him that he thought that I was stunning and beautiful and amazing and I understood it not just up here but like in here it wasn't like <laughs> oh no no I'm not no I'm not that no I'm not pretty I'm not, oh I'm beautiful got it and I got it and at that point I realized that I had been I'd wasted my 20s I'd wasted my 20s at the age of 33 I'd wasted my entire adult adulthood um being concerned about what others thought about my body and that I didn't need to be concerned anymore and that is when I started to become less diet orientated um but I was still in the fitness industry so it was still kind of it would still jump back in um you know I still had that messaging that well you know you should probably be slimmer um people judge you for how you ate Ah, oh, did they judge me for how I ate? Or did you ever feel like they were? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because I think, I mean, I have definitely experienced that myself. And then you get people of like bigger sizes who say mm. people judge them for what they're eating. Yeah, that's uh, it. Which you wouldn't judge a smaller person eating the same food. Mm. Um, but I, like I felt judged being a fitness professional. Like I'd see people in my classes. Right. And I'm eating a certain food and they're like, oh. You're eating that? Why are you eating that? You're yeah. meant to be a fitness professional. Yeah, no, like you're I'm right. That's, that's a very familiar that's a very familiar memory. Yeah. <laughs> that does that 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 happens. Yeah. That does and it still happens. Or even if you're not small, aren't you trying to be because you should be. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Uh the judgment. The judgment. It's assumed. Yeah. Um you're trying to change yourself. So yeah, you're right. People people often do comment on what you're eating because you're a fitness instructor. And, you know, at least now I know that that's food shaming. And don't food shame mm. me. Um, all right, food police. <laughs> um, yeah, so where were we? What were we talking about? <laughs> um, how you feel about food and how you got to be more relaxed. So, right. So now, so earlier today, I said, oh, I haven't eaten yet on the way here. Is there somewhere we could get some, like, I haven't eaten because I forget. So when I was dieting, mm. 
there would be a moment where I'd be not thinking about food and not thinking about when I could eat next and what it's going to be and and how much of it can I have because I know I'm going to want more than I'm supposed to have because I'm supposed to be counting calories um and now because I because I'm not dieting and I can have whatever I want whenever I want it I do I actually forget and I remember I remember people saying to me when I was dieting oh I forgot to eat today and I think how how did you forget (laughs) to eat today like it just makes no sense to me and now I'm I'm in that Mm. position because because I'm not it's not it's not such a big thing and in actual actual fact you know forgetting to eat I, I don't forget to eat breakfast I'm not hungry in the morning and therefore I don't eat it until I do get hungry but then if that timing is bad for me I should have eaten earlier mm. um, it's difficult isn't it especially when you do fitness as well because if you're doing a spin class for example you don't want to have just eaten because you need to yeah. have digested it to a certain amount so I still find that now that I still have to think about food in that way mm. because I don't want to not eat and yep. then I'd be starving of course you don't um, want to be starving but yeah I definitely like you said can forget to eat mm. and it feels really refreshing actually to, yeah. to notice oh I'm one of those people now <laughs> like <laughs> when someone there's a lovely guy at the gym and every week he gives me a chocolate <laughs> and I just put it in my bag because I don't want it right then and then yeah. I'm, I'm teaching yeah, a class yeah, yeah. and then I, I forgot it was there but before the food would speak to me it would literally it call chocolate. to you I know the same <laughs> and it'd be like I'm here in your bag yeah. When are you going to eat me? Yep. When are you going to eat me? Yep. <laughs> and recently at Christmas, I went to the cinema and I got one of those big bags of butter kiss. Love butter kiss. <laughs> and he had a few mouthfuls and I was like, oh. And still had the packet several days later and threw the packet out because it got stale. What? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> you know, and I'm not advocating eating less is better. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is. It just, mm. it's, it's no longer, it doesn't consume the food. Thinking about the food doesn't consume me anymore. So That's yeah. actually a really good point where you said about eating less is not necessarily better because actually when you are on dieting, when you are in that fight with your body and you are, when you're allowed food because it's part of your plan, mm. you want it all, mm. you know, and that's exactly. where cheat the mentality days, cheat comes meals, in. You yeah, know, and that's not normal. People don't realise mm. that this, that these, these food rules are disordered you know that culture and of course you're going to go it's in on your new cheat labels meal. now so where yeah. it's called cheat um to me that would be a binge <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly people eat into the point of just bit just you know uncomfortable mm-hmm. why 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 but it is also okay to eat to uncomfortable oh, so for example christmas dinner totally you might have That's you might normal. eat because it's a bit more social sociable and there might be a bit more emotions there as well like mm-hmm. a bit of comfort food mm-hmm. um and you're eating with other people you and may just eat be so damn tasty full. that you're just yeah. still enjoying it which is why again taking those rules away mm-hmm. and actually if you are an intuitive eater your body will be like okay i've had a bit more food than i needed right now so therefore i'm going to have energy for longer yes and actually maybe in the next few days you don't notice that you're a little bit less hungry so it regulates itself mm. by itself mm. yeah our bodies are, are very clever, but we've actually spent so long overruling, is that, the, is that overriding, mm. um, dissociating. You know, are you really hungry or do you need a glass of water? Like, no, yep. yeah, I'm hungry. Eat an apple first <laughs> and see if you still want the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I still want oh, chocolate. <laughs> see ya. And also, you know, I'm so, 
I'm very much aware now of when food stops tasting quite as good as it did when it first went in. When I'm hungry and you start yeah. eating the food, you're yeah. like, oh, yes, it tastes amazing. There's a point where it just goes, next mouthful, actually, that didn't taste as nice as the first. Mm. Oh, why is that? I'm probably full. Maybe have another... Yeah, yeah. That's I'm why done. everything cool. tastes great when you're dieting, doesn't it? Mm. I remember all of the nasty things that I used to eat. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any brands, which basically had zero everything in them, and yeah. I thought that they were Chewed amazing. If I tried it now, oh, <laughs> <laughs> or anything made no out thing. of cauliflower mm. to pre- make you think that you're eating rice. What? Oh, I like cauliflower rice, but I haven't eaten it since dieting days. <laughs> I mean, there are some things that I just can't eat now, like vacuum-packed broccoli. <laughs> that's a thing <gasps> wow even just saying it you can smell it oh. right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so it is interesting how because I, I forget even how um, how much food consumed my mind and how difficult it was on a day to day basis just to work out what to eat and how I felt even just shopping mm. in a supermarket and I, and I did notice in, along the journey um, how I had some anxiety over food mm. um like I, for me, it was like I, because I, I was trying to not eat so much that when I would eat food, I would then binge on it, mm. and I thought that was my problem, not realizing what was really going on. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I won't have any bad foods in the house. I'll just fill up with good foods. Yeah. But then I would end up binging on those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Or if you want something, say, say for example, it was a chocolate, but you think it's so bad. Well, the, the whole apple scenario, you eat the apple first, see if you still want the chocolate. Well, you still did. That's so you good. had an apple, then you had something else, and you went through like, 10 yeah. foods that you thought were healthy, and then you still want the chocolate. Whereas if you'd just had the chocolate, chocolate you may have stopped there. Yeah, you would have stopped. <sighs> <laughs> how do you deal with that now on a day-to-day basis, and how do you um, advise people who must come to you in your classes? Well, I mean, I... I try not to advise people when they're coming to my class because they're coming for a dance class and, you know, I'm not a registered nutrition, um, and a nutritionist, sorry. And, um, uh, you know, I don't, don't want to kind of shift the focus too much, but they will, they will talk to me. They will complain about how bad they've been and how, how you know, they've got to do, lose weight for this and for that. And I, all I can do is just tell them that you're great just the way you are, you know. Um, and I try and steer them towards people on social media who talk a lot about that, um, who talk a lot about body image, to try and get them to see that there's another way to be, try and get them to stop following the accounts that are um, making them feel inadequate. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I try not to give too much advice about food uh more about how to be more body positive Mm -hmm. you know or more or have better body image do you think it starts with the body and then the food comes along with it um that's a good question that is a good question yeah i think uh, and i think part of what my dance class does is makes them feel good straight away immediately and then then they know oh actually that had nothing to do with what I put in my body it's just how I'm moving um yeah I don't know I don't know so again thinking about how you feel then because you just reminded me about standing on scales and 
that, which is another journey mm. of, of stopping that habit of standing on the scales and how you feel. It's gone up. You feel bad. It's gone down. Mm. I'm, a, um, I'm a great person now. <laughs> yeah. I've been good. My weight's gone down. Um, to then realizing that, again, that a lot of that's in your mind. Mm. Um, and one of the things I noticed when I stopped weighing, because I only ever get weighed at the doctors now, and it's just because they're... Um, thing that they want to do. I don't agree with it. I don't. <laughs> I've never been weighed at the doctors. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever been weighed at the doctors. They do like occasionally comment like, mm, mm, should. Mm. But then I know because because of that weighing, mm. I know that a lot of it might be in my head. So you mm. might think that you put on weight again, like I was saying about monthly fluctuations, right, yeah. your hormones, and you feel have a bad body image day. Yeah. You immediately feel like I put on a stone. And then that sends you into a spiral of mm. despair. Yeah. That that's a familiar a familiar feeling, a familiar memory of a feeling. Um obviously I haven't weighed myself a long yeah. time, but I know what you mean. Yeah. I th- like throughout my teenage years. I had charts on the wall. Plotting <laughs> my Yeah. Am I a good person yet? <laughs> Am I a good person yet? But the thing mm. is is that when you do lose weight, people are going to say, oh, you look great. And then, you know, all the social prize that you that you get from being in a smaller body, you know, all the thin privilege that starts to come your way and you start mm-hmm. to get a sniff of, of um, how you're being treated differently. And, I, you know, I've been... I've been this way, I've been this way, I've been been small, I've been bigger, all fluctuating, like not wildly, massively fluctuating, but even this tiny little bit of fluctuation and I'll either be completely ignored or I'll have all the attention, you know, it's um, mm. it's crazy. So it's hard not to like that, isn't it? Especially oh, if you are insecure yeah. and not liking yourself, which is generally of where course. these things come from. Um, oh, even if you are secure already, if someone's going to pay you a nice compliment, mm. like, again you know yeah yeah it's difficult i i I often often on my social media say please stop complimenting weight loss yeah i found that really triggering actually after coming from an eating disorder background to then body positive i accept myself now and i'm accepting myself in this bigger body and i had to literally let go of the reins and be like whatever happens to my body is going to happen mm. because i need to let go of this eating disorder and i need to be healthy mm. so just let it happen um and then i got to a, a point in weight where it actually started coming off again just naturally coming off because my body was like oh i can trust you now mm. you know and i'm not saying this is a, a reason for anybody to do that no but i started having that again where people say oh what have you done have you been on a diet you've lost weight and i started liking it and i could see the old thoughts in my head and then I was like, this is actually really triggering for me. Yeah. I can't listen to this anymore because if I'm going to start thinking about my food again, even if I'm, I'm putting it in this bracket of I'm being good because mm. I'm getting this admiration mm. from people. So whatever I'm doing is working, <laughs> which it isn't. It's exactly the same thing I did when I stopped dieting and I gained a load of weight. Mm. It just so happened that it started coming off again. Mm. Um, and now it's somewhere in the middle and whatever is going on on a day-to-day basis. I don't know because yeah. I don't check. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have to really arm myself with not allowing those comments in. And yeah. I try as well because, I mean, I don't do this with people now, but previously the natural reaction is to see someone and say how they look. Mm. So I try to see them and, and just acknowledge them for a person. Who who are they? Yeah. Not just that, oh, how you look today. Like, oh, I haven't seen you in ages. You've lost weight. It's just like the natural thing that people do, isn't it? Well, I just, I, I it's not, it's only natural because it's a, ha- it's a habit. Mm. It's just a habit, you know, I, it, and it's easy and you can break a habit. Um, so yeah, I don't say, oh, you look like you've lost weight. That would never come out of my mouth now. Yeah. Um, 
I might say you look great because I'm aware that you, you know, you spent time doing your hair today. You've spent time in your lips. I did, I did. <laughs> you got your hoops on as well. I don't know where mine are. I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I try and avoid appearance-based compliments unless it's, you know, they've, they've obviously gone to a lot of effort that, mm. that day, you know, and as long as they don't take it on board as me saying, I think you look nice because I think you look thinner. Yeah. And I'm very aware how I speak to children, like especially my mm. eight-year-old, because um, you know I don't want her growing up with all of those messages. No, it's very difficult actually very being a parent and thinking all the messages you took as a child, not even to do with weight. Like when you learn NLP and um, personal development, and you realise a lot of things happened when you were young, like the messages that you took from society and your upbringing, it just makes you very scared as a parent what am I saying to my children now how's that going to affect them as an adult yeah exactly you've got to be mindful of everything exactly so it's time for a break oh so we're going to stop there let's check out the Facebook if anyone's made any comments if you are listening now and you're at home and you're able to do so please go on the Hayes FM Facebook page check us out um, get your questions in we're talking body positivity with Zoe the headmistress of the school of Strat we'll be right back Hello, welcome back to 91.8 Hayes FM, the Weishi Radio Show, with myself, Nicola Chan, and my special guest, Zoe McNulty. We were talking about um, food and how we've overcome um, diet, culture, and a more relaxed way around food now. And one of the books, actually, that helped me with that is Intuitive Eating. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on intuitive eating? Oh, I think it's the, it's the only way to kind of... Um, I'm just trying to think of another word for un yourself. You know what I'm saying? You un mess up your head <laughs> yourself. Um, I I think, yeah, I think it's literally the the antidote to diet culture. Um, I think as well though, it has to be acknowledged that in order to um, do intuitive eating as it's as it's intended yeah Yeah. um you know that in itself is quite a is quite a privilege um i think i think nor i think getting to grips with normal is probably a better um a better way of doing things like just trying to figure out what is normal um and what's what's disordered um because intuitive i sometimes you know life is crazy and hectic and busy and you know there's there's um food shortages in places you know and sometimes you can't eat intuitively you might just be bloody hungry <laughs> and not have not be able to do anything about it um so you know we understand that that's that's normal um and unfortunate uh, yeah so i'm a big i'm a big fan of intuitive eating um, but it does have its issues. Mm-hmm. And also one of them being that people see it as a diet. Yeah, exactly. A hunger fullness diet. Yeah, like if yeah, if I stop eating when I'm full, then I'm going to not put any weight on or I'm going to lose weight. Um, so, yeah, it's... And as we already mentioned, you might eat when you're full. You might continue eating. It might be a social event. It might be your birthday and you've had yeah. dinner and now you're about to have some birthday cake to celebrate. Yeah. And we eat for a a whole manner of reasons, not just our hunger and fullness. Yeah. And as I was saying as well, actually, earlier, that because of teaching fitness, I might be teaching a class at a certain time, 
which means that I'm either going to miss food for a, a longer number of hours than I'd really like. Mm. So therefore, I'm going to eat when I'm not hungry. So I've got some energy that's going to last me for yeah. longer. Yeah. So I couldn't eat just for hunger and fullness. And no, I need to be okay with that and not have oh, guilt because I ate when I wasn't hungry. Yeah. But I think the originators of the of the the concept. Uh, they acknowledge that as well, that mm. there are going to be times that, you know, you, you won't be able to have access to food and um, and that will probably sort of write itself at some point. Mm. Mm. And you mentioned before the break about thin privilege. We were talking about um, sizes and um, body positive activists, which I'll ask you about in a moment as well. What is thin privilege for those who are listening? Thin privilege is... Um, it's uh it's benefits that people in slimmer bodies uh have access to um it down to like the 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 structure the fabric of of society um you know it it involves being able to sit in a chair with arms it involves being able to fit comfortably into a changing room. It involves being able to only have to buy one plane ticket for a journey. Um, it, basically, society is is set up for um, smaller people, thinner thinner people, and um, and therefore people in larger bodies face discrimination uh, on every level. Um, not only just people being horrible to them in the street but you know they don't get access to comfortable living conditions because mm -hmm. their their bodies just don't fit and also clothing as well yeah clothing i was watching actually the the movie i feel pretty um have you, have you seen it i, I forget the, the actress's um, name in it the she's, australian lady she's um yeah. shopping for clothes and and they say to her oh, we don't have anything in your size you have yeah. to go online mm. That's very real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, they mentioned that on um, the Embrace documentary as well, that certain companies want thin people wearing their clothes, mm. um, and so they weren't like supporting certain magazines. Yeah. yeah, and it's something to do with it being easier and cheaper to produce smaller clothes. Um, which so where do you place yourself? How do you feel about your body? Do you feel that you're living in a fat body or uh, thin? Do you have thin privilege? I have a certain amount of thin privilege. Yeah, I think I think I'm called, and it's all relative, but I think people would call me small fat or medium fat, um, and I'm happy with that. That's <laughs> fine. Cool. So that's what society calls you. Uh, yeah. How do I you identify? Maybe, <laughs> maybe not society. Maybe society would call me. Actually, they'd call me obese um, because my BMI says that I'm obese. Um, so how would I call myself? I'm happy saying I'm medium fat because then that acknowledges that I don't understand the level of discrimination that people in large fat or extreme fat bodies, um, I, I, you know, I, I do have a level of privilege because... I can still find clothes that fit me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a size 18, 16 to 18. Um, and, you know, times are changing and there are more choices in the shops. But it is still, you know, I still, I can't get everything that I see in the, sh in, in, 
in the magazines, not that mm. I read the magazines, but... And how do you feel about smaller bodies, like mine, for example, um, promoting the body positive message? Yeah, so this has always been a bit of a touchy si- situation um, with with we the BOPO a, world. <laughs> yeah. I, but I'm, I've always been totally okay with slim people preaching body positivity, but... Uh, and I'll come on to the word body positivity in a second. I think let's really call it um, positive body image because, uh, you know, we all have our own insecurities. We've all grown up in within diet culture. And um, even if you haven't experienced the oppression that larger bodies receive on a day-to-day basis you still have your own demons, you know, and even in the last year, 37% increase in reported eating disorders, like, that's got to stop. So, yeah, I'm all for people of all shapes and sizes because we, everyone with a voice represents not only themselves, but other people like them. So, yeah, crack on. But I also understand the flip side which is that body the body positive movement came out of the fat acceptance movement which was started by um large people of color um so and they then see young slim blonde white uh white girls preaching body positivity and i can understand how they that would be irksome let's say but uh, me, I'm like, crack on. If you're, if you're giving the right message um, and you're not co-opting the terminology from the body positive discourse, mm-hmm. if, as long as you're um, not twisting, twisting it for your own financial gain when it comes to then pretending to be body positive when you're really telling people what to eat and how to lose weight, mm-hmm. um, then all good. And so was born the body positive diet. There we go. <laughs> so what about what's also made up, the BMI scale? BMI scale, exactly. Terrible. Uh, did you know as well? Many of you people don't know this. Hello, readers. Um, many people don't know that in, I think it was 1997, was it, that um, one day a million, millions and millions um, of people woke up obese because they just moved the number. They'd moved the, the goalposts, the... Um, the BMI line between yeah uh, between overweight and obese and obese um mm. and morbidly obese they'd moved that line and uh, just uh, their excuse was 25 is an easier number to remember than 27 so by reducing the number it provided uh, the medical establishment with millions of people who were at risk of being obese and all the um all the diseases that are associated with being overweight and obese. Mm. So it, ju- it was just literally a money-making scheme. for pharmaceuticals. Yeah. I, ju- I mean, that in, that if that in itself isn't enough to make people stop uh, dieting, and, and sorry, I'm not too far away from the microphone, um, if that's not in itself a, a reason for people to just question everything, then I don't know, I don't know what will wake people up. Mm. So talking about waking people up, if you've been listening and you've been somewhat awakening, maybe mm. with one eye, 
listening and being inspired by Zoe or even myself, my own story, um, and you'd like to know what you can do, how can you become body positive? What is available out there and, and what is Zoe up to next that you can get involved in? Let us know, Zoe. Well, okay, so um, first thing to do is start following other people who are body positive, uh, or in the fat acceptance movement. I think it's important to look at as many fat bodies as possible. Even if you aren't fat um, and it, this doesn't necessarily speak to you, I think being able to look at bodies that you aren't used to looking at in the media um, with all their glorious folds and cellulite and stretch marks and normalizing that sort of texture yeah, and I shape, I think it's important for people to um, just get used to looking at, at, at bodies that are, are not like what they've been brainwashed with. Mm. Um, I have to like extremely agree with that because um, obviously when you're starving, your brain's not working properly anyway. Mm. Um, and I had a disordered brain when I was suffering with an eating disorder. But when I did bodybuilding, um, because I looked at only bodybuilders mm. so often, I started seeing fat on people that, that wasn't there. Because mm. you just, all you can see is that just right, muscle and yes. thin paper yes. skin um paper thin skin <laughs> yeah um that's what becomes normal to you and personally as well since i started unfollowing the fitspo hashtag fitspo um fitspiration um and started following real plus size fat bodies i prefer looking at bodies with more fat on i now get uncomfortable looking at ladies with six packs um you know immediately i th and i and you can't assume someone's health status by looking at them but i immediately think that's a red flag is that lady having periods not that it's any of my business but is that really a picture of health i don't know um and i would much rather be looking at someone mm. with a little bit of cuddle um because it's normal it's mm. normal and that's healthy i'm glad you mentioned that about the periods actually because we did speak about um obesity or being overweight over what weight um mm. and how society or the stigma around that is that the bigger you are the less healthy you are and we've already discussed like the healthful behaviors that make a person healthier um, obviously, taking into account there are, you know, not everyone can be healthy. Everyone has their own lifestyle, like injuries, yeah. illness, whatever you're going through. It's also it's um, not an obligation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you are on the other end of the spectrum as well, um, and there are a lot of health issues associated with being at a low weight, mm -hmm. and I suffered that myself. I didn't menstruate while I was doing all those shows or even just dieting. The amount of stress that I had on my body, I was constantly in a state of fight or flight. Mm. Um, which obviously wasn't healthy. But then you can still look like that and be healthy. It mm. depends on your genetics if that's the way that you were born. Exactly. It's true. So back to your original question, which was how can, what's the next step for someone? Um, reading that book, Health at Every Size. Um, also, The Body of Truth by Harriet Brown. Um, intuitive Eating. Intuitive Eating. There's another book Even by Lindo Bacon. What was her other book? Body Respect. Yeah. Body Which respect. Is like the new version of Health at Every Size, isn't it? Yeah, these are all great books that give you like a broad understanding of um, 
or, or at least an introduction on not and stepping out of diet culture. Mm. Uh, Life-changing one for me, brain over binge. Right, okay. And really understand Great. your brain and, and how it makes you. It's, well, it's not you who failed. It's a natural physiological thing that happens when you starve. Yeah, biology. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and also getting to grips with, or not necessarily getting to grips with, but having your eyes open to the propaganda and to the way that um, medical studies actually are probably lying to you um, and that how they've twisted the, the numbers and made the data fit the desire, which is to sell whatever it is that they're trying to sell. Um, it's always good to look at who it's commissioned by, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. This is a question everything. Question everything. Um, yeah. Th so those, that's a good starting point. Bit of research and a little bit of social media decluttering and restructuring of your newsfeed. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned before about embrace uh, the media now embracing different bodies and, and shapes and sizes and races and cultures. Yep. Um, and I know that you have some events coming up to do with that and you've done some walks before where people get in their Ooh, knickers and yes. <laughs> walk around yes. embracing their bodies so in the summer just gone and also the one before that um did you come with me no you didn't do that one uh i, I <laughs> attended hashtag the real catwalk which is set up by christiana who was on um america's next top model who is very much a spokesperson for um diversity within the fit within the fashion industry and um so it was it's a gorilla style uh catwalk where we just launch ourselves upon uh, trafalgar square and we strip and we do strip yeah we don't strip there um <laughs> and we strut in our underwear um and we do a catwalk and we're basically modeling our own bodies as opposed to clothes um, I know and it's incredibly empowering you know some people find I'm modesty empowering <laughs> I personally find getting my kit off highly <laughs> empowering and by the end of the day I did not want to put my clothes back on let me tell you <laughs> um, and then I took inspiration from that and at um, fit camps in uh, in uh, Ribby Hall so my amazing housemate Lydia Campbell she runs uh, an event that's been going for 30 years fitness event and um, she loves the body positive movement and she suggested let's do the strut the catwalk at um, at the event and so I you know I put the word out to the people who were going and I thought maybe I'll get like 20 people about 70 women all turned up and a couple of guys as well um, when I opened the door to the holding room and they were all stood there looking fabulous in their lingerie and high heels, it was incredible. Um, and it, I know that definitely that night was, was life-changing for, for a fair few of the people there. Um, one lady, she, she wore um, like ribbons around her wrists that were representative of the broken chains since she's left her husband who physically abused her for um 
I think she said for about 15 years and um, and she was eventually out of that and then she was standing in the pub after we'd done the event she was in the pub she just had a little throw over this little negligee thing in a high heel she says I'm stood here now free of him I'm free I'm free of my clothes I'm <laughs> you know she's she's just for freedom um, and uh, you know that, that just I'm actually I've got goosebumps yeah. thinking about that you know filling it up um yeah that's amazing it changes people's lives to feel so empowered by that yeah it's you know the represent the representation of being free of someone controlling or you know a controlling entity and and then just to be able to say i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do what i want you know it goes a lot deeper than a bit of a dance mm. class or you Doing know all of this does all intuitive the body eating yeah it goes deeper to like we said like self-acceptance yeah if you accept yourself who you are like how you look is just yeah it's your vehicle isn't it exactly <laughs> so tell us where we can get involved and how can we contact you uh so you can get me on all socials school of strut s-t-r-u-t um you'll be able to find me and message me slide into my dms uh, I do monthly classes at Pineapple, so we do Stratology um, on the last Friday of every month. So the next one will be, oh, but not in March because I'm away, um, April the, oh, I don't know what that is, maybe the 27th, around that time. It's the Friday, um, 8 till 9, and um, I will be putting that out on social media very soon. And then I also do, once a year, I do the Strut Summit. I'm currently looking for a different venue. Um, and that is a whole afternoon of dance classes that are all designed to help you feel good about yourselves, all with slightly different um, personalities, I guess. We've got uh, Strutology, which is the one with heels, not compulsory, only advised. Um, we've got Raunch, we roll around on the floor being super sexy i just thought actually you are the reason i got into burlesque because it was strut that i came to oh. and you had the different teachers doing different variables of dance and one of them was burlesque and uh -huh. that's the one i was like i love oh this. kimmy von shimmy yeah i, I don't remember she, yeah who it she was. did yeah she did burlesque there um you go. changed my life all right <laughs> in a knock-on effect uh, and then we've got body language as well which is a little bit like um old school aerobics but with super sass uh, low impact and yeah so it's a whole afternoon of that details to be confirmed um i'm also working with sport relief at the moment uh again details to be confirmed i am planning a strutathon how that will look i'm not entirely sure just yet um but i'm one of the uh, sport relief social media talent and uh, my job is to encourage the nation to uh fundraise in whatever way um because they're doing amazing work so i went to see some um that's gonna it's gonna go in four minutes yeah. <laughs> I, went good to I went to see um some of the work that is being funded by uh sport relief and they're providing so fair share uk are providing one million meals a day to the hungry and to the homeless uh and that is provided by the overproduction of food in supermarkets um and so actually they could provide 650 million meals a day if they could raise enough money to uh increase their 
the the uh, upscale their processes so that's you know that's one small amazing thing that sport relief are doing so get your fundraising packs from sportrelief.co.uk.com.co.uk not sure <laughs> google sure it if you just google sports relief um <laughs> So is it best to check out your Instagram yes. or Facebook? Instagram's good. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, Facebook as well. Either Zoe McNulty or School of Strut. I'm active on both of those. Uh, a YouTube channel, School of Strut. Um, yeah. Oh, and schoolofstrut.com. <laughs> <laughs> Final piece of advice for anyone listening who wants to embrace their body? Um, just make the decision to make the decision that you're going to start or stop hating your body um mm, yeah at least stop hating at yourself. least stop hating yourself maybe when you look at yourself in the mirror and you say something negative to try to see something positive and even if it's not the way you look like a positive attribute to yourself i like think i think i without wanting to be dismissive it's it doesn't matter doesn't matter what people think of your body like it's just like Taryn Brumfit says it's a vehicle to your dreams mm -hmm. so go out and just start doing things that are more more important than your body I mean yes your body you have to look after it but don't don't waste like your yeah. 20s like I did I mean that's to change Kyla her name is that we were spoke about earlier Kyla Prince yes um and she used to say from recovery to discovery mm, and nice. I remember thinking I can't wait to get through this recovery to find discovery yes. and that's really discovering life living life in yeah. in your body rather uh, than looking at your body and look at what we've done in the last couple of years you know with our businesses and with our message it we you know we've changed so many lives mm. oh. Like that's We're on our last 60 seconds, so we it's going to cut off any moment. No, so I just want to say thank you so, so much so for fun. coming into the studio. <laughs> We've had you here before, but it's been great to have you back and hear all of your updates and, and obviously still supporting the same message. So it's been amazing. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. Thanks for Hayes FM. Follow us, Hayes FM, Racing <laughs> Radio. It's a long <laughs> minute. It's a long <laughs> minute going on now. <laughs> um, and follow us as well.